Hi, I'm Hallie, and I want to welcome you to the Odd Life Podcast. That's spelled A-W-E-D, which stands for Awake, Well, and Empowered. In this space, you're going to hear inspirational stories, candid and heartfelt conversations, as well as advice from experts, all with the intention of helping women like you live odd AF. Because I believe that the more of us that live awake, well, and empowered, the better this world will be. So thank you for being here and welcome to your odd life. Hi, Sarah. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah. It's finally great to actually see your face and talk to you live and whatnot. So tell the, uh, tell the listeners who you are, what you do, kind of in a quick nutshell of your bio, if you can be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm Sarah Adler. I'm the founder of Simply Real Health, which is a healthy lifestyle company, I call it. Um, that's really meant to help people simplify the process of living a healthy life without the extremes, without the all or nothings, and really do so in a way that's sustainable for the long term mm-hmm. haul. Um, I found when I was growing up, I mean, we'll probably talk a little bit about yeah that and the backstory around it, but everything around health and wellness was always seeming to be in like these very extreme ways, like especially with the diet culture of the nineties. And like, there were very hard and fast rules of like, this is a good food. This is a bad food. This is a yes food. This is no food. And therefore you are either good or bad when you're eating these types of food and feeling like that constant swing of being good, my, you know, myself feeling good, following all the rules, being really healthy. And then the opposite extreme of like when something would happen in real life where, you know, it was some sort of life transition or traveling, or I just sort of like lost the momentum of being perfect at it, that it would like feel like this extreme backward slide into such a different extreme of like, well, then I'm just going to like eat whatever I want. And then it's just like (laughs) swinging back and forth between those two states of like completely off the wagon and then on the wagon. That was like my life for decades of my life, like growing up. And so when I, it, it kind of took going through a lot of those things to feel like, wow, like I'm exhausted by this, like this constant back and forth. There's always a new study. There's always a new diet. There's always like, um, you know, something new that's coming out that makes your head spin and you have to relearn everything and just never feeling like settled in, in, in what I was doing Mm -hmm. and what I was eating and how I was working out and really, really wanting to be healthy, Mm -hmm. but then feeling like it was so much effort because everything I tried to do, I was trying to do it perfectly. Mm -hmm. And that's just not sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it was a long journey to figure out like, well, what does that look like? when you are healthy, but not extreme, you know, when you can find all of the joy and the beauty of life and the beauty of food and these experiences and getting to live your life, but also not in a way that was over the top, like what that gray space is in the middle of those two extremes. Yeah, absolutely. I love that because that's where I, I, that's totally my journey as well as, is the food thing. You know, you look, you, I grew up in the whole fat-free you know, um, time frame, yeah, fat free everything. <laughs> Sugar wasn't an issue. It was the fat. Fat was the problem. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! So, mm-hmm. uh, went through that whole deal. So I totally get that. Watch my mom diet constantly. So I had a visual of what I'm supposed to be doing. So I saw that whole thing. So diet was a huge part of my growing up as well. And and I thought being healthy was restriction, right? Being healthy was discipline and doing all these things and working out like crazy and whatever. And so I completely can relate to the yo-yo, the back and forth, the extreme, the good, the bad, right? That being good, being bad, right. whole deal. And not knowing how to get out of it yeah. either. Like I, you know, I, I felt like I was almost like stuck and there was no other way mm-hmm. that I knew of mm-hmm. or saw modeled or in marketing or normal society. Like there was, yeah. that was, if you wanted to be healthy, that's what being healthy looked like. Yeah. And so for me, it took like a trip to, um, Italy. I, I, so I had this like extreme, I was like so intense yep, yep. about eating perfectly, having all my healthy foods, which now I look back at and I'm like, oh my God, like what was I eating? I know. With Everything these, packaged, like but, bars yeah. and packaged. Yeah. yeah. Like the protein powders and all of this stuff that, and it to me, it was like 
okay, here's what you can do because you know this food is safe because you can see exactly how many and whatever I was measuring at the time, whether it was fat grams or carbs or sugar or whatever other component was like trendy at the moment. It was like, okay, I know exactly what that is. And I was treating myself like a robot, right? It's like, okay, this input goes in and this, and that's exactly how we're taught. But for me, I um, was so kind of caught up in my head Mm -hmm. about calculating and measuring and um, it was something where I almost didn't go on this trip to Italy when I was in college because I was afraid that they wouldn't have like my healthy food sure. and I couldn't find a gym to work sure. out there because yeah. they just don't do that. Yeah. And I live, just right? remember, <laughs> yes, they just live. And they, yeah. they, I remember this moment, like sitting there and I had been fighting against it probably the whole time that I was there of just like still going on runs and still like still trying to. I packed my suitcase full of all my bars and snacks and, and all these things. And I was just fighting against it. And I remember just like sitting at this table one day for lunch and just looking at these two women who were just like purely relaxed Mm -hmm. and like enjoying these plates of pasta and salad. And they had a glass of wine and they were just talking and, and like, and also eating. Mm -hmm. They weren't doing the American like lady way of (laughs) dieting and oh waiter, take half my pasta back or, you know, not trying to go low carb and eat one piece of pizza. It was just like, they were actually eating. They were actually enjoying. It was slow. It was calm. It was steady. And I just had this moment of like, wow, like, I don't think I've ever had a meal like that Mm -hmm. in my life Mm -hmm. that I could remember where I wasn't just internally sort of panicking or calculating or, you know, and and nobody else knew this about me. This is the also the funny thing is like, my friends would say, Oh, yeah, you just liked to eat healthy. Like nobody had any idea the amount of like mental hurdles I was going through in my head Mm -hmm. every single day. But I also just didn't know like what else to do or what other options there were. So that trip was like a big eye opener for me because in so many other different countries and cultures, they don't have that health food. They don't have the processed stuff. They don't have the packaged stuff. Like they just eat food. They eat food from the farmer's markets. They eat food that their neighbors grow. They eat food. It's like the same food that has been around for thousands of years. And it's not a big deal. They're like, food's great we love it. We celebrate with it. Like it's not this thing that's done to extremes or excess. They have, you know, wine and gelato and they're, but they're walking all day. They're being present. They're slowing down when they eat, they take breaks to do so. It's like an entirely different way to operate. And that, as I started looking around that trip, I remember thinking like, okay, like this is interesting. Like they have it figured out and I don't, (laughs) they look like they're having a way better time and they look great and they seem happier. Like, I think I'm missing something here. So that really like started for me this, like this very pivotal part of my journey with health and food of like, wow, there must be another way, a way I've never been taught or seen or like heard about, but there's something here that is so different from the culture, the American culture that I was raised in. And so that to me started this whole deep dive into like, the world of real food, yeah. as I call it, like just unprocessed food in every category, whether that's, you know, dairy, and we're talking about butter, or, um, you know, well raised meat, or it's about, you know, fish or vegetables or fruit or um, eggs, it's like, all of a sudden, none of the categories were villainized as like, this is bad, eggs are bad, because they have high cholesterol, right. or, you know, you shouldn't be eating it. It's like, no, if it is real, if it's simple, if it's one word, if it comes from the earth in some capacity, chances are your body actually will have a much easier time digesting it, knowing what to do with it. Um, It's not going to take as much energy or time for it to figure out your body to figure out what to do with that food. It's actually kinder on your body. It's, it's easier. And to me, that started to open up this whole world of food, like things that I never allowed myself to eat, like butter, Mm -hmm. vegetables, Mm -hmm. you know, it was like the going from the mindset of deprivation. Yeah to like freedom yeah. of like, there are so many possibilities. And I remember going to the grocery store kind of when I get back and was like, okay, that's kind of what kind of got me into cooking. Yeah. First of all, it's like, okay, what real foods can I put together and keep it really simple, but that it is all real yeah. and I'm not going to villainize food categories anymore, but I'm going to, you know, try different things and see how my body does. And to me, that was like such a huge moment of, oh, I see how this could go where this feels like a little bit more of a long-term 
calmer, more peaceful way to live. And it, it started changing my relationship to food too over time. Nothing was immediate, not a quick fix. Like I was wanting it to be, or, you know, was always searching for, but it was a much different mentality, but the peace that came with it, like changed my life. Yeah. You know, going back to that, you mentioned, um, the way you were raised, you said something about that. Um, not to, you know, like (laughs) pick apart our parents by any means, but did you you equate (laughs) like being healthy to how you looked mostly, or was it something like, what was your motivation for eating? Was there a motivation for eating healthy that was equated to an outside like appearance or what was your, I know that Mm -hmm. was mine for sure. hundred percent growing up. Yes. So I th- there's two parts to it mm-hmm. for me. One was this deep interest in food and being healthy from the time I was little, okay. like five years old. Wow. I loved going to the grocery store. I loved like looking at different foods. I loved like um, my parents were both hippies in college. Yeah. And so they were m- very advanced, I would say, for where most people were at in terms yeah. of like they we were eating vegetables. It was a lot of like they were, you know, vegetarians. It was like brown rice and stir fry and, um, but no salt, no butter. Like, um, and then my dad went through, you know, learning of himself. He's like, Oh, I have heart disease in my family. And so he started getting into heart healthy stuff, which meant no fat (laughs) anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, so I think that, and then I was like, really interested in that and like, oh, okay, like we want to be healthy. And so it was a really good, actually very positive experience, I would say around health, at least growing up. And I feel very lucky for that. Like it was talked about, like we're healthy. It was not like a fixation, but it started to draw in other things like doing, eating different ways for your health. Mm -hmm. Then I would say that's also coupled with um, me in like fifth grade, I remember I was like a full woman, you know, like I had my period, I was fully developed. I was like, looked like a woman. I have the same body that I do now. That's crazy. In fifth grade? Yeah. Yes. So I remember just thinking like, oh my gosh, like, am I looking at my friends and feeling like I'm different? You know, like my, I I have to wear sort of different clothes. I can't wear the stuff that they're wearing or like my hips are much bigger than, you know, my friends. And I remember just being really uncomfortable because everywhere I looked. And so I think that piece for me started the second layer Mm -hmm. of like wanting to like control or get ahead of that or looking around and having that realization like, okay, I think this is something that other people don't have to worry about, but I do Yeah, because this is you know, how I am. So I got to like get ahead of this yeah. kind of thing, yeah. which is wild because I'm like, I think about it now and I'm like, wow, it just seems so young to have that. Yeah, you're right. Well, thought. at that time frame, I, I've noticed this with my kids is that in that time frame, you just want to fit in. You don't want to stand yes, out, any, right? Anything. Everything you exactly. want to fit in. No one wants to be an individual. You got to do what everybody else is doing. And I've noticed this over the years because everything around you is telling you, Ooh, you're, you're different that's not good. You need to be like everybody else. And it's this constant messaging and that sucks. And I'm, you know, I think I've been in the same way as far as your situation. I would have done the same thing because you don't want to like be looked at differently, be taunted or talked about. Cause I'm, you're, how tall are you? You're tall, right? No, I'm not. You're not? No, I'm five, three. Shut. But I was five, I was five, three in third grade. I mean, fifth fifth grade. grade. I was the tallest person in my class, taller than all the boys, like everything. Why do I feel like you're so tall? Okay. You look like you're tall. You, know, you look tall. People say that to me. They're like, if they meet me in person, they're like, oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> That's crazy. So yeah, regardless, so like if you're bigger than anybody else, you're going to feel like, you know, a total, yes. total goof, whatever. Yeah. I had, bra- I got contacts, braces, and got my period all in the same school year. Mm-hmm. It was a rough time. I think that was sixth grade for me. It was, it was, it was not a good time. So well, I know how that feels. I mean, Totally. I always joke. I'm like, you know, most people have an awkward phase. However, mine was like an extremely long one. Like mine was from fifth grade until probably midway through junior year of high school. Like, so it was not just the body. It was everything else. Like I had glasses, I had braces, I got, you know, just, just everything was, I was just feeling not in my body, you know, at all. Yeah. So I get that. And so then you had this, okay, this non-healthy, healthy, healthy, right. Um, Mm -hmm. idea what healthy is you go to Italy, 
get a different idea. Like, so everything, like you said, has completely changed. So now it's like this, was there a moment where you were able to like, let go? Like at what point was there something that you did said to yourself or just was it that seeing those women at that meal that was like, oh my gosh, like I can let go of all this. How to like, mm-hmm. how to, I mean, it's one thing to say it, but to actually physically right. let it go. Was it a process? So I, I didn't trust it. Mm-hmm, at first, mm-hmm. it took me a long time. I would say probably over the course of a year yeah. to be like, okay, I'll try it. But like, I'm really afraid of like, what if I eat this? And then, you know, like it all blows up. I actually don't know what I was afraid of. I think maybe gaining weight or something like that. Sure. And I yeah, I just, I do remember every time I would go to the store, I'd be like, really, can I buy that? Mm-hmm. Would I really eat that? Like, and especially for me when kind of growing up more vegetarian, my, my parents incorporated some chicken and fish, but it wasn't a lot. Yeah. And I do remember going to the grocery store and being like, so I guess if it's grass fed beef, that's like a good quality source that is a real food. It, you know, and I being like, huh, could I really do that? And I remember being like, okay, I guess I can. Yeah, or yeah. putting butter on vegetables. And then I wanted to eat like the whole tray of, you know, roasted broccoli. And I was like, this is oh my God, this is so good. Yeah. This is like not deprivation at all. Yeah. And so that was like really the impetus of like, wow, this is so different. I And in doing that over that year, I'm like, I just started to feel so much better. Like I never knew how bad I felt yes. on all the processed health yes. food until I started eating real food and I felt this massive shift. Yeah. Like I didn't even know how like low energy I was. I didn't even know how often I was like craving all these foods and wanting sugar and wanting like a treat after every meal and and always feeling like I was constantly battling myself and I think what was going on looking back now I'm like I was eating all this processed health food but none of it actually had a lot of nutrients in yeah. it. And so my body was constantly looking and craving and like my blood sugar was all over the place cuz I was just looking at the back of the label like what does this have the perfect, you know, uh, ingredients or components to it versus looking at what are the nutrients? And so that flip of like, I would just want to eat nutrient dense food, like Mm -hmm. stuff that once I eat it, my body's actually getting satisfied and I'm getting all of these minerals and, and vitamins and, and things that I wasn't before. And so that feeling of feeling like truly just like nourished Mm -hmm. and, like it makes you feel so much more calm and less anxious. And like, it had this effect of like, oh my gosh, I used to get these migraines. I don't have those anymore. You know, I used to like get really bad cramps. I don't have those anymore. I used to be craving all this stuff. I don't have that anymore. You know, like it was these slow, it was and slow over the course of time of like, wow, okay. I think this is so much better for my body. I feel it physically better. But also I feel mentally more clear. Like that was a huge thing. Like, oh my gosh, I don't need as much coffee anymore. I don't I don't need all these stimulants and distractions because my body's actually getting what it needs to function. And I'm being a better partner to my body instead of always constantly fighting against it. And so I think remembering looking around, I'm like, okay, so if I can do this, like I want to help other people feel this because this is not something we're learning in school. This is not something that's like common knowledge, but it does feel once I started to do it, I'm like, this feels like just very grounded in wisdom. Like this mm-hmm. seems so much more simple and so much easier once you understand it. it just brings this clarity to your life yeah. along with the freedom, along with feeling physically better. And I'm like, man, I gotta teach this to as many people as that's we right. can. You know? That's right. <laughs> when you find that thing that you like all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, I don't realize I could feel this way. You want yeah. to tell everybody about it. Like, I think that's exactly what you said. It's like we have been lied to this whole time about what we're supposed to be doing to be healthy. And when you get to actually just eat real food, getting back to the way things used to be, right? Our ancestors, right. how they all, everyone had a garden. Everyone else right. had a garden and ate the food that was in the garden. And, you know, Farmer Joe down the road had cows and, yet, you know, whatever, you know, you locally sourced <laughs> your stuff because that's what we did to have mass market grocery stores. But then you eat this way. You're like, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe I get to feel this way. Like, what have I been missing this whole time? And that was my big kind of aha as well. Same thing. I just, the energy level, the clarity, um, all the things, symptoms start to go away. So I completely can relate to that. That was my mm-hmm. my thing as well. And the mental chatter in my head yeah. was like gone. Yeah. I'm like, I just had one question to ask myself. Is it real food or is it yeah. not? Yeah. And I just look at the ingredients, not the nutrition facts. <laughs> the That's ingredients right. that will tell you, is it simple? Is it natural? Is it like a few different words, 
that you recognize and, and can pronounce, um, then it means it real, it's real food. So I'm like, great, I'm hungry. Then it's real food. Yeah. It wasn't this like constant weighing and back and forth and should I or shouldn't I or, you know, it was just so just lifted this like burden I didn't even know existed. Yeah. That's all you know. Yeah. You've not been outside yeah. of it to understand that when you're, in, when you're in it, you know. When you came back and realized the food and all the things, when did that shift into wanting to turn this into a career and to start this mm-hmm. entrepreneur journey? Tell me about that kind of inception of the idea, <laughs> yeah. whatnot. Because it's one thing to like yeah. do it for yourself, but to now create a business is a whole new, whole new thing. Yes. So, you know, nutrition and health and wellness was always like a passion of mine. I would say like even through like that really young time of being elementary school, middle school, high school, so interested, college, so interested in it. But I also knew that I did not want to be a nutritionist. Back then, that was really the only option for a dietitian. And that means you would work in a hospital, basically, in my mind, forcing people who didn't want to be healthy, forcing them to be healthy. And I, you know, after that experience in Italy, I'm like, definitely not. Like, that's not what I want to do. I, I want to talk about, you know, like, health and taking care of yourself. But back then there was not a lot of options. So I was studying communication and business. My plan was that I wanted to be like a news anchor, like, or I wanted to be on like the afternoon show. I wanted to be hosting. And I thought that was great. I actually spent all four years in college interning at the local TV stations, working my way up to get this hopefully job offer, which I did. So I came Mm -hmm. back from Italy. It was then my senior year. I was getting a job offer. Mm -hmm. Um, from my internship, which is what I had worked for for four years, yeah. <laughs> like basically working for free. And I remember going into that interview and kind of all of a sudden just looking around, like, could I picture myself here? And I had this like deep moment of like my stomach kind of dropping. And I remember like looking around at all the desks and being like, oh my God, I don't think I can do this mm-hmm. because in that, because I had interned you know, I was on like the McDonald's campaign where like they were talking about in the in the meeting, like how can we get more people eating Big Macs? Yes. And to sell the sales spot, it was like on the sales team um for the TV station, mm-hmm. local TV station. And I remember thinking like, I don't think I can do this because I don't believe in this. Right. Like I would feel kind of sick to my stomach thinking about trying to convince McDonald's to spend more money on advertising to get more people to eat the food. And I just felt so opposed to it. And I also felt like this is just not right. But I didn't have an answer of like, what else? Sure, sure. Yeah. (laughs) So I remember like this moment of like, like, okay, I'm graduating, like everyone's trying to and this was 2008. Okay. So it was right at the end of graduation. Um, people were like scrambling. There was not a lot of jobs at all. And I remember thinking like having this sort of crisis with myself and like, what do I do? Like I could take this job, but I think I would hate it. And I think I, I don't know if I can do it. Like what else is there? And I ended up finding this job that was like a front desk person at a like yoga, Mm -hmm. um, yoga place that did, it was yoga massage. There was like, um, a person doing nutrition there in a small supplement store. And it was like this, uh, you know, a bunch of providers in one area. And so I decided that that was more in line with my values and what I wanted to do, or at least be around. And so I became like the front desk girl, like checking people in for yoga. And to me, I was like, this is so much better than this. And I was (laughs) <laughs> you know, not paid well. And, yes. but I'm like, at least I have a job. And then a couple of months, I think two or three months after I started that business, like imploded mm-hmm. because of everything in the stock market. Sure. And then, um, I ended up working for the naturopathic doctor who was still going to like oh. run the supplement yeah. store and yeah. this. And so then I became, um, really, he was like, Oh, this is much more than a front desk person. Cause I was like starting to get into cooking and like starting to like, you know, they had clients coming in. I was learning about all the supplements and yeah. that's kind of when I started the deep dive, continuing the learning of like real food sure. and, you know, getting more into that. And then I ended up going back to school um, to get my degree in um, nutrition and health coaching. Okay. And so then I started seeing clients one-on-one through that, um, place. Sure. They would, you know, people were coming in and I started creating recipes for the programs that were going on and just, you know, it was the 
the doctor I was teaching about real food, but then there was not a lot of practical, like, this is what you can eat for dinner. So I started creating these recipes. I started my blog. So that was 2009. I started a food blog. Nice. Nice. (laughs) Back in the early days of blogging. Back in the early days. Yeah. yeah, The pictures were horrible. I was taking them at night after work. And honestly, that's where it all started. I just found this love of like working with people one-on-one. I would take them to the grocery store. We would go through the labels together. We would, I would like, you know, meet them at their homes and, you know, talk through if they're having problems trying to learn about real food, teach their kids about real food. And I just like loved it, loved it. So eventually that business closed. And I was kind of, again, had this another moment of like looking around like, okay, like what do I do now? And I was like, all right, you know, this is, this is, I'm going to do this. I'm going to keep doing this. So the next day I filed for a business license and I just, I started doing it. And that's when Simply Real Health was born. And it started with one-on-one coaching, um, personal clients, helping people at the grocery store. And then I think the first year I did that and I started working on like meal plans for people. So writing, taking all my recipes from the blog and testing different things, putting together meal plans that people could buy online. And that was sort of my first um, product, like away from, away from just the um, one-on-one. Yeah. Cause yeah. Cause time equals, you know, time's a currency, right? So how do you find a way to not constantly be at everyone's beck and call? Right. So, um, Mm -hmm. So starting out this business, what were some of the biggest struggles getting started? Yeah. You know, I think a lot of it was that mental stuff. Like, who am I? Like, is this something that people want? Mm -hmm. Is this like something that is helpful for them? Um, Will people really pay for this? Is, you know, there's all of that. I, I would say, and looking back now, whenever I talk about just starting a business, it's like, it's the biggest lesson in personal development that you'll ever get. Like, there's no way that you can start a business without constantly like being aware of your own self-talk, of your own fears, of all the voices in your head, of all the reasons why you shouldn't, of all the like stuff that could keep you stuck. Mm-hmm. But one of my favorite phrases that I learned back then was like, feel the fear and then do it anyways. Yep. Of like, it's just, that's a normal part of the game. Right. If you let that stop you, you will not create anything that's in your heart or anything that you are meant to do if it's just about fear. And so it's like getting over yourself a little bit. And I do remember that was something that helped me is like, somebody said to me once, like, you know, it's not about you. You're making it all about you. Mm -hmm. Like if this, if this thing or this service or this meal plan or this recipe helps even one person, wouldn't it be worth it? And I'd be like, yeah, like, all right, well, you have to get out of your own way in order to do that Yeah, because you are blocking these people from being helped because you're stuck in your own conversations about who knows what that day. That's right. (laughs) That's right. And so I always think that times like, it's not about you. Like you are just this vehicle. You are the, the, the message or the help is coming through you. You just, you're kind of the channel and you just, you have to get clear enough so that things can come through that help others without you getting in the way of that. That's right. And I, yes. and, and also looking at that time of your life, this is something that was, you know, again, you were planning on going to, um, you know, be in the, the, the broadcast world. Right. And then you <laughs> yeah. went to this whole other naturopathic world and food is, you know, like medicine, all that health stuff. I mean, I, of course your parents were um, a little more, I'm probably maybe on board. I don't know. But what was the, that was the feedback from people, whether it's friends, family, like all of a sudden you're doing this work. What was it like? Uh, yeah. A, a lot of people didn't get it. They're like, uh, I heard you started a business. Like uh, a lot of people were very supportive. Mm-hmm. And I think back then, like a food blog was very unique. Mm-hmm. It was just sort of starting. It wasn't, um, hadn't hit its like peak of that being a normal thing. Yeah. And so a lot of people were very supportive, I would say, my parents especially. So um, awesome. they thought it was awesome, you know, and I will say I had to move back in with them, you know, starting the business sure. <laughs> because I was like kind of at this place where there's, I think this happens a lot in life where it's like, it's not just one thing. It's not just like your career. It's like your career, the relationships, your living situation, something. I remember like it all imploded kind of at the same time and having these like moments of like, 
well, what's next? Like, what am I going to do now? And so I lived, I moved back in with them in my childhood bedroom. How old (laughs) were you at this time? I want to think I was, gosh, 22, 23. So, you know, still young. And I'm like, I had just gone through like a breakup. I just moved out of an apartment Mm because my friend was getting married and like all these things were happening. And so the deal was that I like cooked for them. So I was like testing out recipes and um, yeah, and they let me live there. So they like were fully supportive of that, but I was so motivated to like, I'm like, this is going to work. Like I was, you know, looking at like my prom pictures on the wall at night being like, I am going to make this work, you know, like whatever it takes yeah. to, to do yeah. this. And I think that was like a huge, it was a huge motivator. Yeah. Like I will do anything it takes um, to make this work. Yeah. So I also will say too, because now as a mom of two and um, I see a lot of women who kind of ask and think about like, well, is it too late for me? And, you know, you started your business at a time where, where you could, you had, a lot more time and the energy to do it. And um, I think part of that is true too. I I think in that stage, I did have a lot of extra time to be creating and doing. And I also think I was naive about a lot of the risks or, you know, in my mind, I'm like, if that didn't work out, then it was just, then I could go get a quote unquote real job, you know, and do it. I still think that's true though. Like no matter your age, no matter what you're doing, it's it's so much about that getting over your own internal talk to like give it enough of a true try. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I feel like if it's something that you really love or do feel passionate about, the you find ways to make it work or to find the space and time to make it yeah. happen. Yeah. Yeah. And at that time too, you're probably discovering a lot about yourself that you didn't know before, right? Because I was just starting a business. Now you've got a blog. Now you're writing. Now you're taking mm-hmm. pictures. Now you're finding mm-hmm. recipes. You're like, now I have to, how does this look? Okay. It's one thing to cook for yourself, but now you got to cook, like you're cooking. And of course you had clients that you were helping and with cooking and stuff, but it's like on a bigger scale now on a maybe mm-hmm. more or more vulnerable scale. I think when you put things mm-hmm. on the internet and I don't know, I had a humbling moment. I was like, not everyone in the world's reading your blog, Hallie. Like you're putting it out there. Right. Only people that actually click to read are reading it. So don't make it like you're revealing to yeah. the entire world. You're really not. Just to your readers. So relax, you know? Um, yeah. But that moment that when you're revealing stuff and talking about things, it's like you're learning a lot about yourself. So your growth starts to happen just through those things that you're learning how to do, which I think mm-hmm. is so important because one thing I've noticed is when I see an older person, and they're doing the same exact thing they did 20, 30 years ago. And they talk about, oh, I wish things were the way they were back then. Or, you know, that whole good old days thing. I'm like, there is no chance I'd ever want to go back in time and be the person I was way back then or have the things that were there. Because I feel like our growth is a constant. I actually did a podcast about this a couple of weeks ago. It's like, we should never stop wanting to grow and learn and change and keep evolving. And mm-hmm. one of the best things I think I did was starting a blog and writing and those kinds of things has helped push me into things. I didn't know what the hell I was doing, right? Creating a website, like all this stuff. And like, so right. I'm guessing those probably some of the, the positives that came out of starting your business. Yeah. I felt, I felt like the more, I just felt like so on purpose, mm-hmm. like my days were like on purpose and that the work I was doing really mattered. So whether it was figuring out how to build a website or, you know, figuring out how to write a meal plan or write a recipe that would work for multiple different people. It was like, I just feel alive, you know, when I'm doing that. And so this is the stuff I would probably do anyways, you know, doesn't matter if it is something I'm doing as a business or not. Um, But I think having that feeling really has this ripple effect into the rest of your life. Like you, the, you're being creative, you're kind of thinking outside the box, you're, you're doing something that ignites some part of you. I think that, you know, it it builds confidence, right, in what you're doing, confidence in yourself, Mm -hmm. but it also just like that, it it gives you so much energy and and momentum. And I think when I think about that time in my life, I started my business officially in 2012. Mm -hmm. And then I met my husband, I think like 
couple months into that. Okay. Like it was like all these things connect started to connect yeah. where it was like, this is who I am. This is what I want to do. This is, and I think when you have that energy, you go out into your life with that energy, it sort of brings in a lot of what is meant for you, That's right. you know, taking like that risk and being, um, learning things and growing, it just opens up your world a little bit to what else is out there. And then finding someone who also has that mentality of growth and um, curiosity. And so I I always think back on that time because I'm like, it was so connected in my mind of like that time starting a business. And then finally, after like (laughs) dating so many people long-term was like, oh my God, this feels right in my work. Oh my God, this feels Right. And it was, I'm like, I don't think that was a just happened yeah. to me. Like, yeah. you <laughs> the two to me yeah. are like very connected. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Mm-hmm. I, I, uh, I wanted to ask you about this too, as far as um, the people in your life that you started to attract or that you were seeking out probably at that time too. Um, mm-hmm. I know I needed to find people that were doing things that I also wanted to do. And that was super mm-hmm. important because I, I don't get it a lot in my everyday. What was your process mm-hmm. of trying to like, because I, I, did you feel that same way at times? Like I'm yes. doing this business. I kind of feel isolated. Yes. How can I be around people that are doing the same thing? How did you source mm-hmm. that? And how did you find it? And did you find it? Yeah, it was not common. I, you know, I didn't have like friends who were also doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, I did start to find and kind of cultivate like, okay, other people that I lived in the same area that were doing something, a lot of it may have been like a in-person store or retail shop or something, but like they still kind of understood what it would feel like. And I remember I created this, like we would do like a monthly meeting. It was just at my house, you know, and people would come and it would be like, okay, what's your high and what's your low? Or like, what's something that's going great? What's something you need help on or something you're trying to figure out? And those were really special, just like trying to like create peace together. These weren't like people I was super close with, but um, it was a lot of that, like people who sort of think similarly or understand at least that process of growing and learning and piecing things together and trying to figure stuff out, doing it about something that they do truly care about. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also say like I joined um, – like two different in the beginning years, I like every year I would do some type of um, program or um, online, you know, thing where it was like learning and growing. And maybe it was about tech stuff sometimes, or maybe it was about the personal development, the mental yeah. stuff, or maybe it was about, um, you know, some specific skill that I wanted to learn or more about sales or online. How do you sell online yeah. and what that looked like even back then? That was, wasn't a thing. And so just even in those programs would have like Facebook groups or things where you're like, oh, wow, look at all these people. I may not know them, but they're out there. Yeah. Like knowing that you're not alone yeah. in that process yeah. was was huge. And then, you know, just diving into all the books I could, into all the things, just like learning and growing and really, it made me feel, I think, like less alone. Like, oh, I'm not the only one that is doing this or living this way or has this crazy idea yeah. or dream. Yeah. Um, so those things all help because it, it wasn't a natural thing that I was just surrounded by that. Totally. And how do you keep yourself from feeling alone now? Like when I know as you're grinding and you're doing a launch and even though you're like, you've got a spouse and they you know, know what you're doing, but yet they can't really necessarily be there for you in the way that you need them to be. Right. right? It's just different. Um, and I get that, but, um, how do you find like, to keep yourself from feeling so alone and like, kind of like the grind? Cause sometimes I come up for air and I'm like, I need to like talk to people. I feel like I'm just doing this thing, editing my podcast, whatever writing. And then it's like, I need to actually be around people. What right. do you do? Anything that you tips that you would give anybody? You know, over the, you know, the last couple of years since I've had kids, I haven't done mm-hmm. very much because my bandwidth is just smaller, yeah. like the amount of time I have right now in this stage. Yeah. But it's been 11 years total since I started. And so, you know, whether it was a program, I've done like a couple different masterminds, okay. which were really helpful. Mm-hmm. One of them was like in person and it, there was I want to say like 15 of us total. So it was really small, mm-hmm. but we had three times that we met up in person Mm -hmm. that year. It was before COVID. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then we'd have these monthly calls and that, you know, so I, I feel like I talk to a lot of those women still, like we're still connected through that. And, um, I have friends now that have businesses and understand and even like the mentors that used to be my mentors are now friends. And so having that room, like 
I could vent or ask a question or just sure. go somewhere. But I think the realization overall of like, there's times when you're working like, you know, in your business, the daily tasks and getting everything done, getting, and then you also have to have these times that are like working on your business in a, in a bigger way mm-hmm. of like stepping back and like, what's the bigger picture. And, you know, so I think having little rituals that I do for myself to like, make sure I'm not only in like the nitty gritty daily stuff. And mm-hmm. I'm also like, okay, what am I wanting to do here? Like, what's my intention here? What's my purpose? Like, what do I need? And for some people it's, it is some of that community and, and other people that you can talk to yeah. for others. It can be like just having a quarterly, you know, check-in date with yourself. Or um, I love the, um, oh, I'm trying to think if I can remember, I think it's Steve Jobs that coins it um, his think week where he mm. like once a quarter would go, he took a whole week. I'm like, me as a mom, I'm yeah. like, if I can get an overnight somewhere right. or like go stay at a hotel somewhere, where it's just some place where it's, I can think a little bit beyond the day to day. Those also help me too from yeah. feeling like I'm alone or just getting sucked into things that like don't matter when I can step back and look at the yeah. bigger picture. Yeah. I love that. Of things can help. Um, you mentioned the kiddos. So uh, yeah. how old are they now? four and one and a half. Okay. So you, this is fairly new territory for you, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so how has that changed the approach of how you do business? I mean, has it completely changed things or has it just been a little, eh, okay, we'll just, we'll make a shift here. Like what's it been like? Yeah. It, I would say both. I mean, both. I'm like, it's massive when I look back at it, mm-hmm. but in the day to day, it was like, okay, like, how's this gonna work Mm -hmm. as I used to have like all the hours of the day to just you know work on things and um but now I mean I think as most moms say it's like you just become so much more productive and so much more efficient in shorter amounts of time it also makes you ruthless with what you allow in your life and what you don't it's like you have to be ruthless with what you're saying no to and yes to yeah like you have to be like very um clear on what you're doing, what your intention, like, and it really does simplify things for me. Like I can't do it all anymore. So I don't even try. So what are the three things I am going to focus on, you know, right now? And sometimes those shift and change, Um, but also having help, like helping help is so incredible. Like I I can't imagine how women do it Mm -hmm. and are trying to run their business without any support or help. Yeah. Um, so yeah, in the beginning, when I first had my son, my mom was helping watch and it was just sort of like, you know, as needed, she would come for three hours in the morning. So that would get me three hours plus the nap time. And so it, it has been like, okay, I have, you know, four hours a day to work. Yeah. Yeah. What are you going to do with those four hours to make the most impact? Right. And also what are things that I can start to let go of that, maybe it's not necessarily only me that can do some of those things. And that was a huge learning process for me. Mm -hmm. I am like a control freak that's like disguised as someone low key, but I'm like very much a control freak (laughs) and nothing has made me more aware of how much of a control freak I am than having children Mm -hmm. and having a business (laughs) together. Mm -hmm. So it's very humbling, I would say. And every day is a little different. You have to constantly be just in the flow yeah. Um, and that's not always easy yeah. to do, yeah. but, um, yeah, it's, it's messy and it's wonderful and it's, yeah. I'm like, but there's nothing I would rather be doing. Like I love my work yeah. so much. Yeah. And so for as much of a shuffle and funny situations, it sometimes does <laughs> create, yeah. I'm like it still feels right to me. And that's just something I have to constantly check in. I'm like, okay, the, either the amount I'm not in a place where I'm like, you know, working 40 hours a week right now because I want to be with my kids and yeah. when they're little. And I, you know, I want to have all, I want to have all the things. Yeah. I want to yeah. have both. Yeah. And it's never this perfect yeah. <laughs> setup or arrangement to get that. And so I just try to like laugh about it a lot and do the best I can. And it's been a work in progress to not be so hard on myself. I have these expectations that are way too hard to meet. Yeah. Um, but I can tell so, you though, I can yeah. tell you that from just from um, an outside perspective that I think a person that is 
doing the work and, but yet at the same time is being a mom and and things aren't perfect and shit happens and kids get sick and whatnot. I would much rather be a client of yours than that someone's trying to pretend that everything is perfect and just owning Mm -hmm. up to like, this is what, you know, this is life. And I'm, you know, you know, it, I'd rather have someone that's showing up for all aspects of life than trying to be perfect in one area and pretend that that's all not uh, impacting them. Right. So I love that you're doing it. I That's one thing I do wish. That's the only, that's your only regret. I've got a lot of regrets, but the one regret I, I have, I have is that I wish I would have found my passion, this passion earlier on when my kids were little. Um, cause then I could have pursued this earlier, but also let them see this earlier at a younger age. Mm-hmm. But regardless, you're making a huge impact on your kids, which that's also, I think so amazing because they're watching you still pursue your passion. You're showing up for them and you're, um, showing them a, a model or a way of how to do this themselves someday, possibly whether, you know, whatever they decide to choose to go into, they're seeing how you handle it all. And, you know, yes, not every day is perfect and things happen. We mess up, whatever. But at the same time, you probably own it and say, I'm sorry, I mm-hmm. didn't do this right today, whatever. And you just go <laughs> on and but you're showing up for them as well. But they're also seeing you pursue something that is yeah. um, outside of you for other people and as, as a service um, and you're passionate about something. I know that's huge as a, as a mom. I think that's huge too. It, it's like a whole different energy, yeah. you know, when somebody is like tapped into something that's really life-giving to them it's like amazing to witness and see so I do have to remind myself of that like I'm like okay this is I'm glad that they get to see this or experience this and um I hope that that inspires them one day you know to do something like that and I I actually feel really lucky my dad was that way he's he has always loved his career. Mm. And I grew up seeing that. And he always said from a very young age, it doesn't matter what you do. Like if you love what you do, it doesn't feel like work. And so just figuring out and trying to encourage that in my kids as well. Like, what do they like? What are they drawn to? What things are they kind of good at? Or like, and trying to figure out how do I foster that? Because I do think it's true. Like if you, if you follow that and you keep pulling on that string Mm -hmm. over time, that, that gives you so much energy and joy and life force when, when you're doing that, yeah. even if what they end up doing doesn't exist right now. Right. You know, like I always think of that. I'm like, my career didn't exist when I was in That's high school right. or college or thinking like, what do I want to do with my life? But the fact that I felt confident in pursuing the things that lit me up yeah, um, is such a blessing in my life, Absolutely. you know, that that was acceptable and that was encouraged. And, you know, my parents were buying me nutrition textbooks for fun yeah. and like saying yes to like, I wanted a subscription to prevention magazine yeah. and health magazine. Yeah. They're like, okay, yeah, I love sure. That. You know? I so I hope that I can do the same for my yeah, kids. That's that so way. awesome. I love that. Uh, so along the way, um, I'm big into personal growth and development and reading all the books, whatever. Has it been part of it all? Like your journey or what have you turned to, to help you keep evolving and changing and growing as a person? Is there something that you reach out to? Oh my God. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I truly like having a business is the biggest experience of personal development yeah. you will ever yeah. have. Um, and I do think, you know, there are so many, I think it's whatever you're kind of called to, mm-hmm. like whatever you, you hear something or it's a, you know, a podcast or it's some book or some quote you see and you're like, who's that person? Yeah. What are they yeah. talking yeah. about? Like I have been led to so many resources like that where it's almost like they just like appear. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I guess I got to yeah, follow yeah, this. Yeah. And I have read and listened and downloaded and gone to workshops. And like, it's this always, I'm just always learning. So I'm like, whenever I strengthen myself, yeah. you know, and learn about feeling the fear and yeah. doing it anyways, yeah. in a multiple different capacities, it's like that always impacts me being able to show up better as a mom, as a wife, um, as a business owner, as a boss, as as everything. And so it's always worth the time mm-hmm. it takes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I have done like <laughs> just meditation retreats, workshops. I, you know, am a fan of always probably having like one personal development book yeah. that I like to read yeah. or a podcast I'm listening to. And I balance it out with like the fun books at yeah. night too. Yeah, but yeah. it's, I think, always having something where I can read like a couple pages or yeah. Um, a podcast I can listen to, or I'm like, okay, that's interesting. Anything where it kind of I feel myself feeling resistance to something initially, it makes me think like, 
well, there's something there for me. If I have resistance to it, there's probably a reason that like, that should be something I probably learn a little bit more about. Sure. Sure. Uh, anything that stands out, like anything like a, was it a like podcast or a book or, um, a workshop you went to like anything that's been like a major influence on you that you can refer to? Yeah. I, so in the beginning, like when I was back in my younger twenties, um, I found out about Gabby Bernstein Mm -hmm. and she was like sort of the entryway, I call it like the entryway, the gateway. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Because she, yeah. She took these, you know, things that were at the time, like, kind of, I was like, whoa, what's, what is she talking about? Like, I don't understand. She's talking about the universe and this stuff. Yeah. And it was in a very, you know, she simplified things in a way where I'm like, okay, I think I understand what she's saying here. And so that kind of like opened the door into other things and find, you know, um, I think, you know, one of the biggest books for me that like kind of had this light bulb moment was. Uh, you know, after reading her books, but, um, Louise, Hay, um, heal your body, heal your life, yeah, yeah, yeah. or you can heal your body. Yeah. And it was, you know, it's about the connection point of when you feel pain in your body, it oftentimes is correlated to some sort of spiritual or emotional baggage or pain or something that you're still holding on to sure. or are blocked in some way. And that just like blew my mind. I'm like, wait, yeah. <laughs> so you mean, yeah, like physical pain being related also on a different level. Yeah. And that, was one of those books where I'm like, wow, that's fascinating. Yeah. They correlate. Like if you have back pain, it means, you know, (laughs) this could be going on internally. And so those types of things, I'm like, there's always, you know, take what resonates with you, leave the rest. But like, there's so much to be learned Mm -hmm. um, out there. And then I also like, um, you know, just things that I can like flip through. Like I have on my desk, um, Vibrate Higher Daily, Mm. which is just like a, a book that you can like open up to any page and it's just like a little thought or quote and um, just beautifully written and beautifully like designed. Um, I think Lala Delia is her name, the author. Um, But that's a great one. I just kind of will read a page or two before I dive into something. Um, And then I'm reading one now that is really interesting, but I also have to take in small bits because I'm like kind of highlighting and it's new. I actually found her on Instagram like, I feel like the universe is always like universe and God, whatever you believe in. Yeah. It's always like dropping these little yes. hints, yes. these little yes. bits for you to like, 100%. like dig into yep. like, Oh, that's interesting. Where did that even come from? Yes. No, yes. but, um, her book, uh, Brianna West is her name oh, and yeah. it's called the, the mountain is you. Yeah. Yeah. I had yeah. that book. I do. I read that. Yeah. yeah. It's like, what? and I don't think she's very old. I'm like, how does this girl no. have this kind yeah. of wisdom? What the, she's made, oh, it's she, like for sure channeled yeah. of some sort. Channeled she's like bringing it in shit. from yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> One of the two. I don't know. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's insane. I, I love her stuff too. Yeah. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Let's actually talk about the business that you have. We've been talking about everything else. So Simply Real Health, tell us what it is mm-hmm. like now, like what you're doing with it, what it's involved, um, what it looks like on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. So um, – Right now in business, um, I run a yearly program, my signature program, which is called Simply Real Life, The Method, okay. which is everything I used to teach to clients one-on-one about getting to a place where they're not all or nothing with their health, mm-hmm. like truly figuring out like what within the context, we first transitioned to real foods, but then it's like, what? how does your body do with these foods? Because sure. I'm a big believer, there's not just one right way to eat. Everybody has individual differences. And also as women, our bodies are constantly changing. So whatever worked for you even a year ago yeah. may not be working for you right now. Yeah. And so it's if you can learn the signals of your body, like learning your hunger, learning when you're full, but, you know, figuring out your digestion, figuring out what foods make you feel the most energized and which ones are the most depleting, like that knowledge about yourself and knowing how to tune into your own body is key that you take yourself wherever you go, whatever stage of life you go into and having that ability to decode the signals of your own body um, versus blindly following a plan that's set out for you, I think is so empowering and just really gives you so much control and so much freedom at the same time in your life. Um, and then we go through all things. Like starts with physical health. We dive into mental and emotional mm. and spiritual. By the end, people are like, I thought I was coming in here for food. And we are talking about all kinds of things. You know, my life is changed. It's different. I'm thinking differently. We talk, we do a lot of like talking about neuron pathways and creating new habits and what that looks like. So um, that's my favorite thing that we do and launch every year in the spring. And then 
I also have a monthly cooking club, um, which is a membership site, recipe membership site. I drop a new recipe in there every week. It's like a full database where you can do your meal planning, their shopping lists, you can change the serving sizes, you can sort by any um, ingredients or um, sensitivities that you might have. And so that's just like a fun thing. People can join for the year, get a new recipe every single week to try do their meal planning in a much more simple and easy way um, and have access to all of my recipes. Um, I also have two cookbooks. Oh my God, yeah. Simply Real Health I have cookbook. one of those cookbooks. Yeah, do. good. Um, Simply Real Eating. Most of my recipes are like five ingredients or less, you know, 10 to 15 minutes or less, but all real food based. And what else? Let's see. Hmm. What else do we have going on? <laughs> what else? Um, and then I just launched a podcast, Yay, which has been so much fun. Yeah. And it's just been such a hurdle for myself to get over to to actually do and create. But now that it is out, we just launched um, a couple of weeks ago, depending when this is going to air. But it's been so much fun. To, I was really feeling restrained by the Instagram yes. like stories and what I could share there and limited. And so now it feels so nice to have just more of an area and time to talk about things that people ask questions about. And um, a lot of questions come in on different things of like, what does that look like to not be so extreme or the perfectionist mentality or like, how do you handle these situations or these things that come up in life that, um, seem like they're harder to figure out. Yeah, so yeah. that's my hope with it. Yeah. Well, that's, that's funny. That's how I started my podcast too. Cause I would, I was doing Instagram lives and interviewing people like this on my Instagram live. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what if something happens to Instagram? I don't like, I'm going to lose all this. Right. And right. I'm loving this. And so what, what can I do? And I thought for, for some reason I had podcasts like up on this pedestal, like I can't do that. No one's like, mm-hmm. whatever. I'm like, it's just like a blog. You can write the blog. You can do the podcast. It's no big deal. And so mm-hmm. I, that led me to the the same thing. But uh, so tell me about um, the podcast itself, uh, the the kind of the idea going forward, like all the things you're planning on. Um, is there something like you're going to have guests on someday? Are you thinking you're just doing questions or is there like a vision yet at this point for where this is yeah. going to go? <laughs> so right now my vision. So on Instagram for the last couple of years, yeah. I've always done like a weekly Q&A yeah. where people can submit their questions, ask me anything. And the questions just range in such broad topics. Um, Again, so I just felt like I was running out of room trying to type text answers in these stories. And so many of the questions are so nuanced and like, it's not a one size fits all, but I'm like, here's some things to think about, you know, like here's some questions to ask yourself or things to think about, or maybe a different way to think about this from a higher level, as opposed to the question that you're asking, but I know what you're really asking behind mm-hmm. this. Um, so right now the plan with the podcast is to just have it be a weekly Q&A episode sure. where I pick one question that comes in and we address that one topic, shorter episodes, sure. but have the potential to just like deep dive and answer the nuances around it and maybe some specifics and share more examples sure. and just hopefully have a place where it's like a little bit more of the, the real talk. Yeah. It's like, what, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you really do? Yeah. Or like, what are some things to, that will really help um, when it's not perfect? Yeah. So that's kind of the hope. And maybe one day I will be able to have an interview people. Yeah. But for right now, we are just going to stick with questions. And then depending on the questions that come in and what people are wanting to learn about more, like I would love to bring different experts and people on, um, to explain those things in a little bit more sure. detail too. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. Very cool. Well, yeah. I just love that you're able to then reach out in a different medium to do this. Cause you've got mm-hmm. like the workshops method and you mm-hmm. know, you've got the people that can just want the food piece. Now you've got the podcast for the deeper stuff. So you're kind of covering all your bases with all of these things. And I love it because you're able to then also, I think, express your creativity a little bit. You're able to do a little different way of expressing yourself um, and by talking. Yeah. Has there been anything that you've learned from doing the podcast that's been like, oh my gosh, I had no idea that this was um, anything that you expected it to be like, and it's totally different. I mean, I think people put it on this big pedestal, like it's this big thing and it's maybe just hitting record and go. I don't know. Yeah. Right. I would say one of the reasons why I ultimately decided to do it is that it is something that I've been afraid of for a long yeah. time. Like I don't feel like I'm good at it. I don't feel like I love the sound of my voice. Yeah. I don't yeah. feel like I can be succinct in my descriptions or answering of questions. Yeah. 
So then I thought to myself, that's why I have to do it because this will help me grow. And at the end of the day, you know, if let's say I try it, I do it for a year. If I hate it, if I'm not getting better, if it's horrible, then I'll do something else, but I'll never get better at these things that I feel like would be great skills to learn and to feel like I can, you know, play in a different medium and express myself in a different medium. And also so that people can hear the real me. Yeah. Like this is not yeah. edited. Yes. This is, I mean, it is edited yeah. in some <laughs> capacities, yes. but ums yeah. and the, ums yeah. and the yeah. Yeah. but um, less edited in thought flow and how yeah. I think. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I have heard at least in the first couple of episodes that people, you know, have commented back or shared that like something that I said was they had never thought about it like mm-hmm. that before. And to me, I'm like, oh, really? Like, I didn't even think that was like a thing that I do differently or think differently, but maybe that could help somebody else. And so it's like, you never know what you do have to share right. in some way. It's people hear different things, but anyways, I'm doing it because I think I'm bad at it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of the reasons why I'm like, I will either get better or I'll learn something. That's right. And that would be worth it yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. And I think you're going to find the feedback that you get, even if it's one person that tells you, oh my gosh, I heard that episode. I totally needed to hear that at that right time. For me, that's all that's, you know, that's, that's yeah. it. Done. I'm going to keep going, mm-hmm. you know, because it's just the one person, because that's the one person that needed to hear it at that moment. And then it impacts them. It changes something. And then that creates a ripple effect and somebody else has changed because of it. And if it's just like, that's so cliche, but if it's that one person, so be it. It's one person, mm-hmm. but right. um, you know, you've got gifts and you're using them and I'm so excited to be, and I never knows that I am actually helping, helping with the editing part a little bit. So I get to hear all the episodes yes. first and I love it. I love it. So I'm, I'm taking notes when I'm doing this. Holly like, <laughs> gets the real deal. Yeah. She gets all the, yeah, but, all the funny ticks and voice notes yeah. and all my nervousness and energy. No, and, I love it. I love yeah. being in the part of the process. And I didn't expect <laughs> to go down that road with any of this. Um, somebody connected us and I've loved it. I've loved the process. And you're like, really, you love editing and podcasts? I'm like, I do. I do. I, I love like the creativity of cutting this out, putting this in, finding the background music. Uh, like, I love it. So I'm excited that I get to learn something new with this whole process. So thank you for giving me a chance to to help you I mean, help you do it. I mean, so I just can't believe that you like love it. So I'm like, great. Yeah. <laughs> I need, you know. I do. I, all the help. I like the fact that I think it's like a, you know, it's these raw pieces and I get to put them together mm-hmm. and have a fin- finished product. It's kind of like for me, it's been a great substitute for writing. I have kind of lost my writing, I don't know, bug, mojo, I don't know, something. So it's given me a way to be creative in a way that um, I needed to be, um, whether okay. it's graphics, you know, for my own podcast, I don't do your graphics, but graphics, my own podcast, whatever. It's giving me that creative bug, something yeah. else that I've been missing. So um Anyway, but I just want to thank you for letting yes. me be part of it. I love it. Oh my gosh, thank you. Yeah, it's been awesome to to witness. Um, um, well, I can't wait to. I'm gonna like obviously direct everybody to your website because you've got a ton of like I wasn't even asked about your favorite you know favorite recipes, but like I'm sure all that's on your your website, and we could yeah. probably get into a thousand other questions. But I want to just uh, say thank you for being here. I love this conversation. I love that I have a cohort in the the, the eating healthy, clean eating. Um, world. It just, it's not about like, again, it's not about the pounds you lose from it. It's not about the way that you look from it. It's about how you feel inside. And that is my huge, like that was my huge aha. And I love that you have that same purpose behind your brand and what you're doing because mm-hmm. that that's everything. If you're feeling good and feeling joyful and peaceful when you're eating, I mean like, hello, how many people don't have that? Uh, so tell me what's coming up for Simply Real Health. Again, you mentioned you do this thing called the method, this launch. Tell me about that. Yes. What's coming up? Give us the kind of the current mm-hmm. events of what's happening, what you want to talk about. With your business. Yes. So we are going to do, we do an annual five day challenge that comes up at the end of April. Okay. And then um, we open up the doors to Simply Real Life, the method. Okay. So we only run that program once a year okay. and I'm in there like live coaching and teaching every single week. Okay. And it's just amazing. I mean, the energy is so much fun. People are just like learning and they're asking questions and like they're all sharing like their tips and experiences together. And it's just this like, magical, like magical thing. And then once people go through it once, I let alumni sit in it every year for free. Okay, cool. So then you get this like multi-layered, like different ages, different stages of life, like people coming through it and they go through it the second time, they hear things completely differently or like things that kind of went over their head the first time. They're like, oh my God, I was so ready and needed to receive this. So 
we're going into that, which is my favorite time of the year. Um, And then we just have the launch of the podcast that just came out. So those are like the two big things coming up in the next couple months. Awesome. Awesome. Um, and I'll, again, I'll link all this stuff in the show notes. Um, so everybody can go to her, you know, the food blog still, cause you still blog, correct? You still do the I blog do every week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't believe you do that. Every That's week. awesome. Um, yeah. and then, uh, we'll link to the podcast. It's called simply real life is the name of the podcast. Uh, so tell us, and I always finish the episode every, every single time with the same question. What is one thing that's making you feel odd right now? And that's a W E D for awake, well, and empowered. Anything that's going on in life that's making you feel that way right now? I think just getting over my fears about the podcast yeah. Yeah. is making me feel like, okay, it is worth doing stuff that you're afraid of. Yeah. And yeah, pushing yourself, getting a little uncomfortable because that is how you grow. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. it. I'm glad you're doing it. I'm so glad. Well, again, thank you so much. I've loved this conversation and where we can find you. I'll put it all in the show notes, but where do you normally hang out? Where do people can find you yeah. the most? I'm just at Simply Real Health on Instagram. Okay. It's probably where I'm at the most. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, cool. Sarah, thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you again for being here. I am so grateful for your time. And if you liked what you heard, please head to where you listen to podcasts, rate and review so we can be found by other people. Please share on Instagram, your social media channels, wherever else you go so we can reach as many people as possible so they can meet these amazing women and hear these conversations. If you'd like to connect further, you can find me over at my website at halliesawyer.com or on Instagram. I'm usually going to be at uh, Hallie underscore Sawyer or The Odd Life, which is this podcast specific Instagram account. All right. Have a great day, everyone. We'll see you soon.